This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline, its luxurious lakeshore, marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello, and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and it is Super Week. That's right. The Super Bowl is on Sunday between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate the fact that the Super Bowl is this weekend than to interview a Chicago White Sox prospect. Of course, I'm talking about Sean Burke. He is one of the top Chicago White Sox prospects. Sean, how you doing? I'm doing good, Benny. Thanks for having me on. Of course. It's my pleasure. You know, we had you on. I don't even know if you remember. It was right after you were drafted. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember. So tell me, things have changed since then, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. How's it been? It's been good, man. It's been a wild ride. I'm, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of good teammates, a lot of good coaches, you know, throughout the past year and a half or so I've been playing. So um, I'm having a blast with it. I'm just trying to keep it going. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And I saw you got a non-roster invite to spring training. So you'll be yeah. reporting next week with Pitchers and Catchers Report. That's got to be super exciting, right? Yes. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm actually out in Arizona right now. I came out here a little bit early just to get situated um, before I went into you know full camp mode, just to kind of get acclimated to the little drier air, get out in Arizona, feel myself out for a week. But um, yeah, I'm excited to get going for real next week. Yeah, that's awesome. Is anybody else there early with you? Is there any veterans? Is there like a Dylan Cease yeah. or something like that there? <laughs> yep. So Cease actually just got here today. Gilito's been in. Um, Kopech has been in. I actually threw with Kopech the other day. Um, I'm trying to think about else. Lance Lynn has been in here. Kendall Graven's been in there. I think TA got here this week. Um, so there's been some some faces in there. I think take- some more guys are showing up every day now or so. So. That's interesting to hear so many veterans there like a week or so in advance and, mm. you know, non-pitchers and catchers aren't even for a couple of days after that. Yeah. Do you think there's a level of hunger with what happened with the team last year where guys are showing up early? Yeah, I think 100 percent. You know, obviously I wasn't there last year, so I can't speak to, you know, what went inside that locker room. But, um, you know, just hearing some guys talk, reading some stories, you know, seeing some interviews that I get the sense that a lot of guys are hungry to kind of right the wrongs of last year. That's I like hearing that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when you show up to a spring training like that, has anybody kind of taken you under their wing, kind of showed you the ropes a little bit? Um, it's kind of bouncing some ideas and some questions off a couple of the guys. I wouldn't say, you know, one individual guy's really done that yet. Um, I'm sure also as, you know, camp actually begins to start, it'll be a little bit easier for, you know, me to talk to some guys and, and pick some guys' brains. But um, as of now, it's kind of just, like the off season, you know, guys are getting in, getting their work in and, 
the days are a little bit shorter than they would be for a full spring training day. So, um, but I mean, like I said, I'm looking forward to picking those guys' brains because I know we got a lot of a lot of good players, a lot of good pitchers, you know, specifically that I can learn from. I know a lot of guys when I've interviewed them going into a season, they don't like giving like numerical goals for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like we had Jake Berger earlier in the week and he did bring you up. We'll get to that in yeah. a second. Um, he's like, you know, I don't want to say I'll hit 20 home runs or something mm-hmm. like that, but do you have any goals? Maybe not numerical goals. Like maybe I'd like to finish this season in AAA or, you uh, know, something like that. Like, is there anything come to mind? I mean, honestly, I think my goal from here on out every single season is to win a world series. That's my main goal. I know I'm not, you know, I haven't debuted yet, but I'm hoping this year is the year. And then, you know, from there on out, the really thing I'm only concerned about is winning World Series. That's really cool. Is there a MLB p- player, like pitcher, that you model your mm-hmm. game after? Um, So Justin Verland is probably my favorite pitcher. Um, and I try to take a lot of the stuff he does and, and incorporate it in my game. So I'd say watching him in the playoffs this year was cool, especially to come back. From TJ being, you know, 38, 39, 40 years old, whether he, whatever he is now, um, it's cool to watch that. Yeah, it's inspiring for everyone. And he took our a Cy Young away from our guy because he decided yeah, he did. Uh, so good. I mean, Dylan Cease was Justin Verlander's comeback season away from mm-hmm. winning the Cy Young. What is it like to be surrounded by a guy like that? Though? Like Dylan Cease, he's mm-hmm. kind of reached like that elite status now. People respect him because of what he's done yeah. on the field got to feel pretty cool to be surrounded by a guy like that. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think I've been watching Cease pitch since – when did he debut? 2020? I think it was 2019. 2019, was 2019. okay. So I, I remember watching him for the first time in 2020 and thinking that he had really, really nasty stuff. Um, and then just hearing guys talk last year at spring training about what they thought about his stuff and how he is as a pitcher. Yeah, I wasn't really surprised to see the year he had last year. Um, and it was cool to watch what he was doing. I know – some of the coaches we've been working with, or I've been working with in specific, have talked to me about trying to kind of mirror Cease's slider. And that was one thing. That was a kind of a focus point for me this offseason was improving my slider. And a lot of the stuff that, um, you know, kind of whether it be Coach Z up in uh, Charlotte was talking to me about or um, Dot or even, you know, Danny Farquhar and Ty to start the year were all talking about basically improving that pitch and using kind of Cease's cues and looking at some of his video to basically copy it in in a sense. That's interesting. Yeah, I couldn't mm-hmm. believe that the Cubs threw Cease in when they acquired Quintana. Mm-hmm. Like, it was one thing to give up Jimenez because they had Kyle Schwarber out in left field. It didn't really – there was no DH at the time. Mm-hmm. But when I found out that the Sox were getting Cease, I was like, this is unbelievable. Because mm-hmm. he, he got traded young, right? He was, yeah, he was super he got traded. young. Mm-hmm. And the Cubs haven't been great, even when they were winning the World Series and competing every year. They weren't mm-hmm. great at developing pitching, and they finally had this guy that looked like the Cubs finally developed a pitcher, and they uh-huh. traded him to the White Sox. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, when you get the call to the majors, though, do you have a preference on the type of role you have? Like, you're a starter, uh-huh. right? You want to be a starter. I'm, I'm a starter. I want to be a starter, but any way I can help out out there, I'll be glad to go out there and pitch. Yeah, because, you know, you think of guys who have been relievers for the White Sox, Garrett Crochet, Uh, Reynaldo Lopez. Those guys are starters by trade, mm -hmm. but, you know, they've carved out pretty good roles being a reliever for this team. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think when we had you on last, I asked you if you've ever been to a Sox game and your answer was no. Has that uh, answer has that answer changed? Have you been to a White Sox game now? You still haven't been to a White Sox game. I still haven't been to one. Wow. That's a little surprising. You would – 
they they didn't one time say, "Hey, Sean." I went out. So when I went out to Chicago, I think I missed the team by a day when I went out to sign my contract. Because that, why I was one of the last guys to sign out of that draft class, and I think Colson actually went to a game. I think he was there a day or two before me, and he went to a game, and then I think he went to the finale. And after that, they were on the road playing, so I missed them by about a day or so. But I've been to the stadium, and I've been around the area. Oh, okay. Well, that Mm -hmm. makes sense, I guess, then. Um, What do you think of Colson? Because I know a lot of White Sox fans have a Mm -hmm. lot of, you know, not mixed feelings. Obviously, they know he's Mm -hmm. awesome, but he plays shortstop. They wonder if you're going to be a shortstop long-term. They have Mm Moncada. They have Tim Anderson. We'll see the long-term future of those guys. It's kind of up in the air. But, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to me about Colson Montgomery. Yeah, I actually lived with Colson this offseason. Oh, wow. Um, so we're going to be pretty close. Yeah, we're, we're really good friends. Uh, we both have – we train with Jake Berger down in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, at our agency, the Bledsoe Agency. So me and Colson live together this offseason. We'll probably honestly do the same thing, you know, the next couple offseasons live together down there. But um, he's an awesome kid. He's cool. He's one of my good friends. He's crazy talented. Uh, and it's crazy to see – like thinking back to how I was at his age, like I was probably way less mature and way less <laughs> focused than he is now on his craft. Um, so it's cool to see, you know, how he kind of approaches the day-to-day stuff and how he takes care of his business. He's he's going to be a good pro. That's awesome. J- Jake was recording from Nashville with us on Monday, yeah. and he mm-hmm. said that nobody in the organization works harder than you. Would you like to say something mm-hmm. nice about Jake Berger in return? <laughs> well, thank you, Jake. I'll take that one. I appreciate that. Um, no, nah, I mean, Jake's an awesome dude. Obviously, I haven't gotten to know him a ton, ton, but spending this offseason down there in Nashville with him, he's a cool dude. He's been helpful. Every question I have, anything I need to kind of ask him about, he's been super informational, super helpful with me. And I'm looking forward to him getting out here, actually, to see if kind of a friendly face. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously crazy talented baseball player, too. I mean, the guy rakes. Every single time he's in there hitting, it sounds like, there's gunshots going off between you know him and whoever else is in his group. So um, I'm excited to see him this year too, fully healthy hopefully. Because last year I think he was banged up a little bit of a wrist injury, and then I know he's had some injuries in the past. But I mean, if he can stay healthy and put a year together, there's the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I agree. I told him I know you don't want to put numerical, you know, goals for yourself, but I think he could absolutely hit 20 home runs. He had eight yeah. last year, and he only played like 50 something games. Uh-huh. So. Um, have you you got to play with Oscar Colas last year? Yeah, I did. I spent pretty much the whole summer with Oscar. We started in Winston together, and then made it up to Charlotte together at the end. What's he like? He's probably the most talented baseball player I've ever played with in my life on the same team. Of, I've never seen anybody with bat to ball skills and just like the swagger and confidence he has at the plate is it's unreal. It's That's- special, fun to watch every single day. That's cool. So when you're hitting the mound. What's in your repertoire these days? What do you think mm. is going to be effective at the major league level that you have right now? So I'm still working with the same mix from college, basically, last time we talked. So I'm four-seam, curveball, slider, changeup. Um, I know – I forget what we talked about that, that first time I came on. But, uh, I mean, coming out of college in general for me, I was working on controlling my fastball to different quadrants of the zone, adding kind of more consistent changeup and – you know, continuing to develop those off-speed pitches. I felt like last year I made a pretty big stride in fastball command and secondary stuff just from, you know, shaping my curveball, shaping my slider stuff, ticking up in velocity a little bit. And then by the end of the year, I had a decent feel for my changeup. So this offseason, it was pretty much just, you know, more of the same of that. I try to continue to hone in on 
what I'm doing well and and try to be as consistent as possible, basically. And with with these pitches, are you more looking for strikeouts or are you trying to hit for contact or pitch mm-hmm. for contact and let your defense help you out a little bit? I mean, I I don't necessarily try to get strikeouts when I'm pitching. I think it's just kind of the style of pitcher I am. You know, I throw over the top. I have a riding fastball, a big downer curveball, and basically what I'm trying to do every single time I go out there is just fill the zone up as much as I can, um, you know, make as many pitches as I can, execute as many pitches as I can. And I think another thing I made a big stride of last year was game planning for guys and game planning for teams and really figuring out, you know, how to attack certain guys, how to attack certain lineups. And then within the at-bat, you know, obviously you'd love to go out there every time and, you know, paint a fastball in the outside corner, throw a slider, throw a curveball, one, two, three, be out. But that doesn't always happen. So kind of learning from, you know, maybe that that OO fastball I'm trying to throw outside ends up leaking a little bit more up and in. It's like, okay, now what am I throwing off of that pitch to kind of set myself back up to where I want to get? And it's a lot of that stuff that I think is a separator between, you know, double AA, A, triple A, big leagues. As you go up, guys are a lot better at – pitchers are a lot better at continuing to do that consistently. And hitters are a lot better at, you know, getting their pitch and not swinging unless it's their pitch. So it's, it's really a cat and mouse game, honestly. Yeah, for sure. And when you pitch, when you're on the mound, it does look like you're working faster than some other guys maybe. Like you're the difference between, you know, one pitch to the next. It seems to go pretty quickly for you. Yeah. So with these new rules that are going to be in the league starting mm-hmm. this year with the, the timer, that doesn't affect you too much. But have you, have you thought about that at all? Or have other guys mentioned it? Yeah, so we actually used them last year in, in the minors. Um, so I got to be used to that. A little bit. I think they put it in about a month into the year. But what is it, 14 seconds if nobody's yeah. on? 18 if somebody – yeah. Uh, so, honestly, it took maybe a game or two just to kind of get used to – there are some small things I would do, like maybe in between pitches if I was – you know, didn't feel as good of a grip on a pitch, I'd go touch the rosin, and, you know, put some dirt in my hand, whatever. It's more so that stuff you – I'm trying to it doesn't seem like I can hear Sean anymore just give me a second Sean if you want to back out and then come back in I don't know why it's not playing your audio anymore so we'll wait for Sean to come back, but that was a really interesting answer there. I, I I mean, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how guys who haven't been dealing with this, you know, I think guys like Sean and who have been pitching in the minors, they do have an advantage because they're going to have been used to this pitch clock a little bit since they did get to deal with it in the yeah. minors. But, you know, now that guys are going to be starting to adapt to it at the major league level, I was just saying, Sean, I think uh, – I think guys at the major league level, it's going to take them a minute to get used to it. Where all you minor guys, yeah. it, it you were able to kind of get used to it a little bit beforehand. Yeah, no, I think that's a little bit of an advantage too. Um, and I know just from being some around the big league guys that I train with or I've worked out with in the past, I know some guys aren't as happy about it as guys who are in the minors. Or I feel like it's kind of just like a thing you can roll with. Another one of those things that you're going through to, on your journey up. But um, I think. Yeah, some big leaguers will have to adjust to it, especially the guys that kind of work slower and take their time. I was even before the pitch clock in college and stuff like that. I, I worked, or I tried to work at least quicker, and I think that's just 
I like to work quick. I like to be in rhythm. I like to stay in rhythm, and I think that just helps me out a little bit more, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, hey, up to this point, everything's been working out well for you. Is there a White Sox prospect that you've got to notice over the last year or so mm-hmm. that maybe people don't talk about? Like, you know, Colson Montgomery, Oscar Colas. We're yeah. going to talk about those guys. But has there been someone where, like, this guy's got a chance and nobody talks about him the way that mm-hmm. they should? Um... Trying to think. I'm trying to be careful with my answer right now. Uh, I'll say, I'll go a guy that is just com- not on a ton of lists that I think is is a talented player is Duke Ellis. I played with him in Winston a little bit and then in Double A towards the end of the year. And I think, you know, he doesn't. He may, his numbers might not jump off the table at guys, and I think that might be sometimes why he gets overlooked. But um, he's crazy fast. He knows the game. He has a crazy high baseball IQ. He's high effort. He plays the game 100 miles an hour. I think he stole 60-something bags last year um, and hit around 300. And he's not going to be – he's a he's a skinnier guy, kind of quick twitch guy. He plays really good center field, outfield, wherever you, you can kind of play corner outfield or center field. Um, hits for average, and he'll sneak in, you know, eight or ten bombs a year. But I think he's a, he's a really talented player. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. We saw in the chat from Travis about watching Mark Burley. He pitched – he was a relatively quick worker on the mound. He's one of the best yeah. pitchers in White Sox history. Um, mm-hmm. Did you watch Mark Burley play at all, or anything? Yeah, I actually I have a very fond memory of that play Burley made, where he I don't know if the ball was hit off his foot or hit off him, and then scooted to the right field or towards the first base line. He flipped it between his legs. That was the first play I've ever seen. Mark, yeah. the first time I've ever seen Mark Burley pitch, and I watched that game live. I want to say, was it on opening day? It was on opening day, and Paul okay, Canerco yeah. caught it with his bare hand. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that play. Like, yes, that was the first moment I, I saw Mark Burley pitch because I was young still when he was pitching. But I distinctly I have a vivid memory of that play. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, hey. If you want to ingratiate yourself with White Sox fans, you just say something nice about Mark Burley. <laughs> yeah, he's a fan favorite. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so we hear that you're a big gamer. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, I, I like the game a little bit in the offseason. Me and Colson have been playing a lot this offseason. What are you running right now? Right now, so uh, the past couple of weeks I've been playing a lot of Madden. So I just got the PS5. I've been on the oh, PS4 cool. for pretty much – I think I've had the same PS4 before about – like two, three weeks ago for six years. Um, so now I'm on the PS5. So now I'm trying to adjust the new console a little bit. But I've been playing Madden. Uh, Adam Hackenberg, actually, he's out here too in Arizona right now. He's probably the best Madden player I've ever played in my life. And I like to think of myself as a pretty good Madden player. Um, so we've been playing a little bit the past couple of days. He actually has his PlayStation 3 out here with the old NCAA football. So we've been running that a little bit. Um, we'll run Fortnite in the offseason, Call of Duty. I kind of play whatever. I used to play 2K a little bit more, but now the game's getting too hard for me and all these young kids are getting too good at the game, so it's not as fun. But yeah. uh, I used to grind that a little bit when I was you know, middle school, high school. That's funny. I, you kind of reminded mm-hmm. me. I'm still on Xbox One, and I haven't made the Switch yet, and I really yeah. want to. This new Harry Potter game is out, and it looks amazing. I want to go uh-huh. dive into that. Yeah, I didn't even mean to buy it, honestly. Me and Colson went to the mall a couple weeks ago when we were back in Nashville. And uh, I wanted to return some stuff, and then we walked by a GameStop, and we just kind of wandered by there, and we saw they had them in the display case. And a lot of places don't have the PS5 still in store. And so we just went in there, and I asked the guy, hey, you got any PS5s by chance? And he said yes. And we kind of just looked at each other like, I guess we have to buy them now that they have them in the store. So we ended up, we ended up buying those. 
I mean, you almost have to. I still have yet to see see one in a store. I've only ever seen them at like friends' yeah. house. Uh huh. You know, people who own it. Yeah, because when I look them up online and everything, it says sold out or not in stock. So, and I was gonna get one eventually, so I figured I might as well bite the bullet now and and go get it. Yeah, you know that's funny. You ever make it to the MLB and you sign that you know signing bonus? Some people are going to be like, I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to get myself a nice yeah. place. Uh-huh. Sean Burke and Colson Montgomery are going to be like, we're going to set up the sickest video game rig <laughs> you've ever seen. <laughs> we were actually talking about doing that. This So we lived in a, a house this year and it was just me and him. But it's a three-bedroom house. So we were talking about turning that third bedroom into like a little gaming setup room so we could just play right next to each other on the monitors. But Because our my bedroom and our house was in the basement and he was upstairs. So we were just yelling back and forth up through the through the ceiling to each other that's hilarious so when you're playing in mm-hmm. the middle of the game you get back to the clubhouse what's your favorite yeah. thing to eat eat i think it depends on where we are honestly so last year in birmingham i mean this isn't really eat if i had to get a meal i'd probably get more something like peanut butter and jelly or like some trail mix checks mix something like that so they had these freeze pops in the, in the freezer section in birmingham last summer and those, when you come out from, go out for BP and the throw and everything, come back in and it's about four o'clock, everybody's sweating. You just been out in the heat of Alabama for two hours, hour and a half, one of those ice pops. I don't know what brand they were, but they were the best ice pops I've ever had. That could be also the circumstance of me being hot, but I, I liked them a lot. That's funny. I, you hear people talk about playing in the minor leagues as if it's like this big, scary thing. Have you, you sounds like you've enjoyed mm-hmm. it though. Like I know it's not yeah. as luxury is playing major mm-hmm. league baseball but yeah honestly i think it's been the reverse effect for me because i've heard so many nightmare stories about playing in the minor leagues that my expectations going into it were like everything in here is gonna suck so i think going into it with that mindset made everything a lot more enjoyable because my expectations were so low then when it exceeded my expectations i was like oh this is this is sick is it true that the way the white Sox run their minor leagues though in terms of like the organization, not necessarily commenting on like player personnel or anything mm-hmm. like that, but they've had the same four minor league teams for the last I don't know how many years. I mean, I know yeah, I think a while changed their name, but like the Charlotte Knights have been their team forever, and same mm-hmm. thing with Birmingham. Like Michael Jordan yeah. played for Birmingham. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. you have that in common with Michael Jordan. Yeah, like that's pretty cool. But like uh-huh. it seems to me like things are well ran in terms of how they treat people. Yeah, I think, I mean, just from traveling and playing the other teams and the other stadiums that we play against, I think that we got really lucky with where our affiliates are, especially with the new Kannapolis. You know, obviously I didn't experience the old one, but I've I've heard some stories about the old stadium not being as nice. But, I mean, Kannapolis is brand new. Winston's a really nice stadium. Birmingham's a great stadium. And Charlotte's obviously, you know, one of, if not the best place to play in AAA in the country. So, um seeing some of those other stadiums that we play against and then coming back home. I always made the joke last year that when we played in like the middle of nowhere down south, like we'll play down in Mississippi or playing out in Kodak, playing the Tennessee Smokies. Then we come back to Birmingham. I feel like I'm in New York City because I haven't seen a building for a week and a half. But um, no, we definitely could be in worse situations with our our minor league affiliates. We got we got some pretty good spots. That's funny. Do I remember correctly from when you were on last? I didn't go back and look. I probably should have. Did mm-hmm. you grow up a Red Sox fan? Is that? Yes, I, I did. Correctly? Yep. Mm-hmm. What do you make of them right now? You still cheer for them a little bit? 
No, I'm full White Sox now. I'm full White Sox now. I've, I've given up on them. That's they, funny. I, they haven't really been making any moves either this offseason. They might be in for a little bit of a long year. Yeah, and that's one of those divisions where, like, every team could be over 500. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, even if the Red Sox are, like, 85 and whatever it would be, uh-huh. like, they'll be in last place because Baltimore yeah. is picking it up. Obviously, Baltimore's Toronto, good, New York, yeah. and Tampa Bay are always at the mm-hmm. top. Um, I just wondered, like, every athlete has a different answer with that because, like, I know George Kittle. Uh-huh. He grew up a diehard Bears fan. And yeah. he like actively cheers for the Bears when they're not playing the 49ers. Really? I didn't and know I'm, that. I'm like, that's funny. He's kind of breaking the mold a little bit because some guys are like, no, 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 that was my childhood team. I'm with this yeah. team now. And George Kittle's like, bear down. Uh huh. <laughs> so, okay. I'll say I'm still going to be a big Patriots fan. That's, that's my team through and through. That's my favorite team out of any sports team growing up with the Patriots just because we had Tom Brady for pretty much my whole life. When I was born, Tom Brady was the quarterback until you know, two years ago or whatever it was. So yeah, I'd say I'm still a Patriots fan, but yeah, Red Sox, Red Sox are gone. I'm on full White Sox now. I feel like that's super common for guys to stick with their football team or their hockey uh-huh. team. Like, you know, when you're playing baseball, Jake Berger mm-hmm. comes on and admits he's a Packers fan. And he's like, you guys aren't going to like that. Like he wouldn't even say it. I was like, dude, what are you scared of us for? Like yeah. you're the Packers, you've been dominating this division for how long? And, we're sitting here as Bears fans going three and thirteen every year. You're yeah. scared to tell us you're a Packers fan. What are you the Bears, about? the Bears can make some noise next year. They got a lot of cap space. Got the they have the number one pick, right? Yep, they have the number one yeah. pick. So they're um, in a when, position to make some moves. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, is football like kind of a thing guys bond over or other sports yeah. ever? At least, yeah, I think for at least the guys that we were with this past year, I love football. I think football is one of my favorite sports. I mean, I could sit there and watch college football all day. But, yeah, fantasy football, stuff like that, a lot of guys, we, we bond over that. What other things do people do for fun? I know a lot of guys play poker on the airplanes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, Arts during the season traveling. We'll play um, – we played Boo Ray a lot last year. I don't know if you've heard of that game before. But yeah. Uh-huh. We played Boo Ray a lot. Um there's another game we'd play. I didn't play it as much as some of the other guys. I think it was called Deucey, I want to say, they played. Um, but Boo Ray was definitely the game we played most. We usually do every single week when we go on the road, everybody will get their meal money, and we'll everybody will throw on whatever it be, 10, 20 bucks, and we'll do a high card, and winner just takes it all. Just lay all the cards out on the table and do a high card, winner takes all. Um, so that's always interesting. Those Tuesday mornings or Mondays when we're traveling, but – yeah, I'd say a lot of cards on travel days, especially. That's pretty cool. Um, if you make your MLB debut and you stick for a while, is there yep. a stadium that you're looking most forward to playing in? I know the obvious answer is probably Fenway Park, but is there yeah. something else that sticks out too? I'd say Fenway and I'd say New York Yankee Stadium, just because I grew up hating the Yankees and it's an iconic ballpark and it'd be, it'd be really cool to go pitch there and shut them down. The White Sox have low key been developing a little bit of a rivalry with the Yankees. Yeah, really. mm-hmm. I yeah, think last uh, with that that whole thing with TA and Donaldson. Yeah, and Donaldson's mm-hmm. just a clown because he was mm-hmm. with Minnesota too, and yeah, you know, uh-huh. being within the division, there was mm-hmm. some issues there. He ripped on Lucas Giolito and Dylan Cease to the media, and then he goes to the Yankees and starts yeah. that stuff. He's just been an antagonizer, but you know, we'll see what happens with that mm-hmm. going forward. Um, are you allowed to like make a prediction on how you think the Sox are going to do this year? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about prediction, but I'm confident just seeing the kind of the, the guys and the group we got in there now. I, I think it'll be a successful season. 
Absolutely. Sean, mm-hmm. I can't thank you enough for coming on our show. It has been yeah, no my problem. absolute pleasure to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish you nothing but luck going into spring training. Is there thank anything, you. is there anything you want to promote or, you know, wish someone well or something? Um, nah, I think this is it, man. Just go socks. Yeah. Socks here in 2023. I'm looking Absol- forward to getting to Chicago. Absolutely. We're all mm-hmm. hoping that you make your debut sometime soon. I'll be at the ballpark the second it happens just because yes, you don't get to have a MLB player on your podcast two times. Uh-huh. So we're rooting for you, man. Good luck to you at spring training. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And we will send you to a quick commercial break. We're going to Baltimore. The Wire is the best show of all time. And I've never seen such riveting TV where I actually felt like I was in East and West Baltimore every single episode. And um, it was just absolutely riveting and captivating from season one all the way to season, you know, to it finished up. And I put your detective up there. McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. I mean, come on. It was just so well shot, so well written, directed. Like, I I feel like it's underrated as far as that list goes. Really good. Welcome back to Crosstown Crosstalk. We can't thank Sean Burke enough for coming on our show. That was an absolute blast. I enjoyed having him on. Um, listen, spring training starts next week. Going to go enjoy the Super Bowl a little bit. Foster, thank you very much for watching. Much appreciated. Um, spring training is going to start soon. And Sean Burke, he's going to go there as a non-roster invite with a couple other White Sox prospects. He made it clear his goal is to make his debut this season. So we'll see what happens with him. And it definitely, definitely sounds like he's enjoying himself and getting ready for a big year. The White Sox have a lot to prove as a team. And, you know, Sean Burke is hoping to be a big part of it. So we can't thank him enough for coming on the show. Um, I touched on it. Super week, Super Bowl week. You got the Eagles and the Chiefs. That is going to be a massive, massive matchup. I honestly think these are two pretty close to evenly matched teams in terms of their production. The Eagles have a way better roster, but I'm a little, I, I picked the Eagles on bar down talking hockey yesterday. And it's a little surprising because I like rooting for the chiefs sometimes when they're not playing the bears. Um, obviously the connection with fan sided, I bring that up a lot, but 
I don't know. I just feel like this Eagles team is rather dominant so far this season. They have a tackle that hasn't allowed a sack in two years. They have one of the best centers in the NFL. So do the Chiefs. Um, Outstanding weaponry for the Eagles. A great quarterback. He's the second best quarterback in this game. But he is still a great quarterback nonetheless. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the Super Bowl. I'm very much looking forward to it. But, um, yeah. And I know the NBA trade deadline is going on right now, or it just passed. Um, We've had some big trades, like the Lakers were involved. Obviously, KD was sent to the Suns. It's it's crazy times going on in um, basketball right now. And I'll tell you what. Baseball, we're hoping that this league is able to put together an impressive season this year because some of these other sports, they they make trade deadlines exciting, right? Like all these teams are swapping picks and prospects and, you know, their storylines where baseball, it's kind of like there was the one really good trade deadline in 2021, but for the most part, it's not what you would expect. And Travis says, go figure, the Bulls did nothing. Well, Jerry Reinsdorf owned teams, man. That's what happens. I mean, it really makes, it really doesn't even slightly surprise me that this is what's become of these two teams because they're owned by the same owner. Um, One thing I wanted to talk about really quick, because this isn't going to be the longest show of all time, Jim Bowden of The Athletic came out with what the league would look like if they realigned. And obviously this realignment would come with an expansion in Charlotte and Nashville, which is where a lot of people believe they will expand to next. Um, The White Sox and the Cubs would be in the same division, the Midwest division. And in this proposal by Jim Bowden, they have Eastern Conference and Western Conference. No more national league or american league like there's been for the last 100 years obviously this is just a proposal but i would love to hear from people what they think of this the white Sox and the cubs are in the midwest division of the western conference with the brewers and the twins obviously they would no longer be in the same league as the red Sox, the yankees the guardians the tigers um but you would get some of those teams from the west like the dodgers and the padres and the giants all those teams would be part of the conference that the White Sox play in. I don't know. I think it would be good for them in terms of this division. I think most years the White Sox can compete with the Brewers, Twins, and Cubs. But, you know, because you're getting the Guardians out of there. But I'd like to hear what people think about that. Obviously, I wrote an article about that for SouthsideShowdown.com. And, yeah, I think it's it's definitely an idea. It's definitely an idea to consider. Um, if you haven't noticed... Earlier this week on the Barroom Network, we had Jake Berger on South Burbs Hitman, and it was just a very, very, very good interview. Of course, his wife Ashlyn was on as well. He talked about things like who steps up for Jose Abreu in terms of leadership. Uh, he brought up Andrew Vaughn, and I thought that was very interesting. I wrote about that as well. Um, he also touched on things that have to do with the hitting coach. Chris Johnson is going to be the assistant hitting coach. He worked with him in Charlotte last year. It's one of those things where, hey, all those guys who were on the White Sox last year, they got sent down to AAA and all of a sudden found their swing miraculously. And 
we're hoping that now that he's up at the MLB level, some of these other guys can find something with their swing to get it going. I'm talking about Yoan Moncada, Yasmani Grandal, um, even guys who were okay last year are but slightly below what we expect from them, like Luis Robert, like Tim Anderson. Let's get this thing going. And Sean Burke earlier in the show sounded like he was pretty confident that this White Sox team was going to take a step. And so Travis says that would be crazy if it happened, but I'd be interested to see it. Crosstown would play each other more, I'm sure, which is always fun. Yeah, they absolutely would play each other more. They'd be division rivals, obviously. The games would be more meaningful, too, which I think, you know, adds to the level of intrigue between the two teams playing against each other. So, you know, that's always interesting. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And back to the Jake Berger thing with the coaches, I believe in this team. They have talent. We There's a reason we went into last year thinking they could absolutely win the World Series. They obviously were very mediocre. It felt like they were bad. But you come into this year with more expectations, better attitude, new manager, and you see what happens. So that's all I have for you on this show. I can't thank Sean Burke enough for coming on the program and you know being just a wonderful, wonderful guest. He has a bright future ahead of him. We're rooting for him this year at spring training, and hopefully things are good for the rest of the team around him. I'm very excited that some of the other guys are there early as well. It seems like a very hungry White Sox organization, and hopefully they are able to, you know, get it done. And I hope everybody has a very safe Super Bowl weekend. It's, you know, dangerous out there sometimes. Some people like to drink and drive. Don't be one of those people and be safe out there avoiding the ones who do. And I hope everybody wins themselves a lot of money betting on the Super Bowl. I know I'm going to try. And make sure you listen to all the great shows on the Barroom Network that will discuss the Super Bowl. And I will be back on Bar Down Talking Hockey next Wednesday with Frank Mueller, where we will go over the Super Bowl, talk about all the great things going on in the NHL right now. And as always, I can't thank everybody enough for listening. Go whoever will win you the most amount of money in the Super Bowl. And as always, thank you for listening. Another happy landing. (laughs) 